everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Larissa Russell from Creative You. Welcome back to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. And today I have with me Lisa McGrath. Lisa is a national board certified teacher, life coach, international best-selling author, and speaker who offers inspirational, practical, and spiritual guidance. She teaches women to find clarity, purpose, and direction with the intentional acts that help them achieve their goals and live their intentional life with her monthly online coaching program, A Pilgrimage to Self. Lisa also has an online mentoring program for teachers that focuses on effective teaching practices and protocols, communication, and relationship building, and strategies for achieving a work-life balance, which we all need, especially teachers. <laughs> so welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. So um, can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? had an incredible journey. I'm so blessed in many ways, but like most people, uh, there's been obstacles on that path. I started out as a young teenager. I was um, asked to leave my home. I have a stepmother, and so at 14, I found myself out on the road, trying to f homeless, trying to figure out what to, what to do next. And thankfully, um, the pers I guess learning resilience from being a little kid in an abusive, abusive household really allowed me to put one foot forward and to, to zero in on what I wanted. My life then led to an early marriage and you know, my children, and I was building something beautiful, so I thought, and my mission was to prove my stepmother how, how to really raise children and really live a life. But um, a abusive, dysfunctional, it just traveled, and, my life was like thrown on the floor, like a building a puzzle. And the puzzle pieces were just knocked over. And I found myself having to rebuild that puzzle. But this time, I didn't have the picture on the box to actually take and, and you know, make the frame and put it together. I had to rebuild the puzzle and I had to do it on my own without that picture. And the divorce and then a major health scare Everything led to a spiritual journey for me, for my healing. And that's where pilgrimage to self comes from. It's that, uh, the journey I took uh, across Northern Spain on the Camino de Santiago. And it was all about healing and learning to forgive, experiencing gratitude, and actually finding direction for my life, for purpose. And through prayer and meditation, I heard the God whispers and the God whispers were, you're a survivor, you're resilient, you have courage. I have all these things I was praying for already. All I have to do now is have to share that with others. 
and allow them to know that they can heal, they can live an intentional life, and really enrich their, not only their lives, but that means look, everyone that is connected to them, their families, their partners, you know, everyone. It just ripples, that love, it ripples. So that's part of my journey, as I just want to have a major impact and help women survive this and you can thrive. Not only can you move on from whatever circumstances, and I'm going to say the word circumstances, but I don't quite really believe in circumstances, um, but you can move on from that. You can create your own life with intention and purpose. So that's my journey. And I love that because it's so true. We've had a, a fairly similar journey. I mean, different, but similar. I left home at 14 for different reasons. Um, you know, what was happening at home and uh, the climate, uh, political climate at the time with having gay parents in the 70s was not, you know, so being on the streets actually felt safer. And, you know, just that, that journey got married young, had kids. I love the fact that I have my children, but my life probably would have taken a, a different path if I, but it made me who I am. And it's that journey, that journey through that makes you who you are, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's all together. Yeah. So what would you say healing with creativity means to you? I've been described as a craftsperson. Um, I love to work with my hands. These are the tools that God gave us. And so I love getting in there with my, it, you know, it doesn't matter. My tool could be a brush. It could be my hands. It could be a pen. It could be my, a needle. And so it's that, it's when you go into that zone and you lose track of time and you might miss a meal. And it's crazy to me to think I'd miss a meal, but the time in that zone, whereas I'm just being filled, I'm being restored. And it's almost like that golden light is, is I'm breathing that in. And it's so intoxicating that time just vanishes away. And so when I take my fabrics and it's tactile, right, I'm feeling them. I'm cutting them into, I'm taking these whole fabrics and cutting them up into smaller pieces. And then I'm sewing them together. It's creative. It's inspirational. Typically, if I'm making something and it's for someone else, I'm praying and putting those vibe, good vibes into that object. Um, and that, it, you know, I, I receive more than what I give by giving them that gift. And so it keeps on giving. And so when I'm down and I feel like things aren't going my way, because a lot of times we all face these adversities, I can go in the kitchen and I can try a recipe or I can go to my sewing machine or I can journal or I could write and, and work on something creative. And all of a sudden, whatever I had been thinking about, because my thoughts lead to my feelings, which lead to my actions, I no longer thinking about that. It's moved into a different direction. And that's when like I said, that golden light, that time is escaping, evaporates, and that's when healing takes place. It's during that pause, that, that time that you're unplugging, maybe from the computer, unplugging from work, unplugging from everything, 
and zeroing in on something else. It has a power to wash over your thoughts and to change the direction that mood was sending you. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's so true. And it's one of the reasons that I use creativity to help women heal because it's that gentle movement, right? Um, I apologize for the sirens in the background, if you can oh. hear that. Um, <laughs> I live downtown. But it's that gentle movement of uh, working through things and, and not even realizing you've, you've done it because right. your brain is busy, you know, creating and, and all of a sudden you have this inspiration or you have this aha moment or, or something like that. And yeah, and that's why I believe so strongly in using creativity in our healing. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had, I'm sure you have, we, we had that experience where you're in the middle of creating something and all of a sudden memories bubble up or something will come up to the surface. Mm -hmm. And it's all, it's like, you're seeing it with a different eye. You're seeing mm -hmm. it in a different way. And um, that's kind of magical too, to be mm -hmm. able to say, wait a minute, I could step back from this and I'm, I'm more of an observer. I, I, you know, I'm witnessing it again, that memory. And then I'm learning from it as well. Yeah, and absolutely. That, that happens a lot when I'm, you know, in that creative zone. Yeah. And, and especially because we, we, usually the exercises that I do with women have intention behind them. And so even though they're letting go and creating the intention they set with it, and so then things un, get uncovered so easily that may have been, not so easy otherwise right so super right. Important. Or, or maybe we're hidden um you know our denial has an opportunity to build that wall and, and hide some those thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. and and you just don't know what a trigger might be that will have them bubble up yeah and when they do bubble up it's great when you're in control in that creative space that creative mind to look at them with those fresh eyes and that's like, I believe that's when we're going to learn to actually zero in on our power of release, to release whatever the shame, guilt, you know, the pain, we can release that. It no longer serves us. And we, we begin to creatively know that that's not, my, that's not mine. It's not mine to carry. And, and so I'm going to let it go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I think we do fairly similar work, maybe in, in a different ways, but we do fairly similar work. So I just think that's uh, wonderful. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So would you say there's a driving force that inspires you? Yeah, there was a driving force in the beginning and that was to prove people wrong. That was to prove my stepmother wrong, the naysayers wrong, the ones that said, you're not good enough. You're not going to, you're amount to anything. Um, those people, when someone tells you that, particularly your adults that are in your life, it could be a, your, you know, parents, a, a coach, a teacher, even a minister, when they tell you things like that, you might believe them. And a lot of times when, especially women, when we hear that, we just say, well, why bother? And we give up. We can't give up. We need to make sure that we understand the power of yet. I'm, I'm not capable of doing XYZ yet. I will learn it. I will do it. Uh, you know, earlier you and I were talking about technology and it's like, I, I confess, I, I'm not real. 
I'd get by. But at first I knew nothing about technology. And now I've built a website. And it's like, you can do things. And again, it's, it's getting creative and know that it doesn't have to be perfect. I just have to get it going. And it builds momentum. And so now I, I'm, I'm learning to use technology in a way that I never would have imagined. So it, it, so it started out to prove them wrong. And then I think it has, it has been a paradigm shift where it's like, wow, this is me and it's okay. And when I moved into that self-love and the self-worth and I knew I didn't have to prove it to anyone else that it was mine, it just makes it, I just need to be better than I was yesterday. And I'm not in competition with anyone and I don't have nothing to prove to anyone anymore. And that has probably been my driving force. Yeah. Is that it's all okay? Yeah, and, and it's so true when you stop. Um, and I, I've felt this for myself when I stopped trying so hard to prove myself to others or be accepted by others or any of those things and was able to step into my own truth. And then who, who do I want to impress? I want to impress me. I want to see how much more I can do. I want to see what else I can do. What you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we can move on with our lives or we can move forward. And we have to do it by knowing who we are. Like you said earlier, you know, I, I left home, I got married, I had these children. Guess what? It's made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. And so when you can recognize that and stop wishing for the past to be different, because you can't go back and change it. You can only reframe how you think about it and how you're going to respond to it. And so that makes, it's like adulting 101. <laughs> just, I, I, you know, I look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. From a different place. And so yeah. now I'm just happy with me. Yeah. Excellent. And that's who you should be happy with. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't have to prove, like you said, you don't have to prove it to anyone else. Mm -mm. I'm the one that matters. Yeah. And, yeah. and for those other people, those naysayers, they're not your people. Maybe they're not your people. Get new people. <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot, actually. Really? You know, the work we do might shift you through different people, and you might yeah. have people fall away or leave on purpose, and that's okay. They're not your people. They're not your people, and, it, and that's okay. We're, and that, and it's when you're okay with that, when you, when you sit with that, and it becomes your reality, you know, sometimes... I had a friend that told me she survived from um, leukemia by having a bone marrow transplant. And one day she said, Lisa, they, I'm, I'm survived because I cut the cancer out of my life. Sometimes people can be cancer to your life. Mm -hmm. And you have to cut that away so that you can survive. And I've never forgotten that. That's such a beautiful way of saying it. I mean, harsh in one way, but so beautiful in another because it's like, yes, that toxic uh, cancer in your life, cut it out, right? Cut it out. Yeah. It, 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 it's not going, it, it's like a weed. And I tell, I tell women all the time, you have to, your mind is like a garden. What are you, what are you growing? What are you planting? Mm -hmm. If you allow those negative uh, naysayers, that inner critic, the, any of that, the weeds to continue to grow, that's what you're gonna, your garden's gonna be. But if you can go in and weed it out 
and take away what doesn't serve you, you're going to have a better chance on having the roses or the, you know, the beautiful blooms. Mm-hmm. That's your life. The, the blooms, you know, that garden of your life. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then what would you say is your favorite creative healing modality? Well, I, like I said, I, I, I have so many because I do like to write and I love um, textiles. So I love um, sewing and I, my quilting. And as much as I love to listen to music as well, um, I love to something that can combine my senses so um, I might bring in um, scent and I might, you know, so I have that, I might have the music. Um, it's something that's gonna put me in that zone where I'm gonna flow like the river and it's just gonna flow and the golden light's gonna come in. So it could be a something, like I said, as simple as going in the kitchen and preparing something that not only is going to nourish my body and my spirit, it looks beautiful. It nourishes my eyes. It nourishes, you know, because you eat with your eyes first. I love food. And that's so you eat with your eyes first. And, and of course, you can smell those aromas. And that, that's all healing to me. It's what you've created is beautiful. It might not be perfect. And it doesn't have to be. When I started quilting, I learned that, um, you know, especially when you're sewing triangles and those points and and so, you know, you go drive yourself crazy, right? And I can remember someone saying to me that nothing is perfect. Only God creates perfect things. And this was created by your hands. So that is perfect. And yeah, so it's, it's just, it's okay. And so a little story for you. I had an open heart surgery, emergency open heart surgery in 2015. And for the longest time, the scar, I wouldn't look at the scar. Um, And I was embarrassed by the scar and it just, it was terrible. And my son is married to um, an Asian woman. And and so we spent a lot of time talking. And all of a sudden, this Japanese form of of pottery, where they heal the pottery with gold, they fill the gold with gold. And I realized that scar has brought me to who I am, right? I survived. It led me on a mission to help others. But now when I look in that mirror, I'm not wearing, not wearing shirts all the way up here anymore. Um, I look in the mirror and I see it. Ah, it's not my favorite thing to see, but I see it differently. I see it as gold. And, and it was the crack that let the light come in to heal my heart. Mm-hmm. It's the way God entered me. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it's how you create and how you see things and pers- your perspective, it has power to heal you. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so true. You know, I, I was just having this conversation about how we look at things will um, determine sort of how we feel about things, right? So we can change our mood in a moment because of how we choose to look at it. And yeah. so it's so important to make those choices. And, yeah. Yeah. and so sometimes, Larissa, that's all we have in our power is how we're gonna respond. Okay. And so when something happens, we have to make a choice. Yeah. And so I, tell, I say, you need to pause, center yourself, connect to yourself, figure out how you wanna respond. 
because that's what's that's your power that's your yeah. power use it use it it's a strength absolutely absolutely um so what would you say then is your greatest accomplishment to date survival <laughs> I understand that one. I do. Yeah, let, let me pick another one, but that is a big one. Um, so um, I told you about my spiritual pilgrimages and um, the walking the Camino de Santiago is probably the thing that has changed my life the most. To say that I was, and I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't do physical exercise, um, but to say I'm going to go and I'm going to hike the Camino de Santiago. So that means I'm going to walk over 500 miles and I'm going to go straight up the Pyrenees mountains and go all the way across Spain even my doctor's like no you're not you can't do that you're not well enough that it's like don't give me those limiting beliefs because what I think about I can do and so I did it and it was was it easy no it was tough but I did it so I'm going to say that that's probably one of my best and most powerful accomplishments is the fact that I not only dreamt it and knew that I was called to do it, but I did it. Not just yeah. once, I did it twice. And I was actually supposed to do it again this year, but um, of course that changed things with the mm -hmm. pandemic. But I'll, I'll go back and I'll do it again. And, and it's a very healing process for me, it's walking. I, I love that. And you know, you've inspired me. I actually did search it out and was oh. like, I think I would love to do this. I really do. I think it would be just amazing trip to do. Mm -hmm. So did you do it all at once or did you do it, it like break okay. it up into? No, we went, I went for 40 days, 40 nights. <laughs> and, um, and what I did was called the Trinity. And so um, the idea is to walk to Santiago Cathedral to get the Compostela, the certificate that says mm -hmm. you walked. But as I was going, I knew I wanted to walk to the ocean to a place called Finisterre, which is the, known as the end of the world, and get mm -hmm. another Compostela. So as I'm going, I found out there was a third one if you went to Messiah. And I was like, a third one? And of course, my, my sons and mom, you're such an overachiever. And I went, I've got to walk faster so I can get the third one too. And so I got the trilogy. I got three of them. In and 40 days. In 40, 40 days. And wow. so it was just, yeah, it was, it's, it is a spiritual journey, but you do not have to be religious. Um, it's a, actually, I like to say, and I've heard this many times, it's three journeys. The first one is very physical. And as you're going, your body's getting stronger each day with each step. Then it moves into an emotional journey because now it's, flats and the seta and you're walking and these memories are bubbling up and you have no you don't know why where is this coming from and so it's more of an emotional time and again it's healing and the third part is spiritual because as you're moving in to each village there's more churches right it's, it's more spiritual and of course you go to the cathedral and you get that compostella and it's all written in latin and they put your name oh it's just, yeah, it's powerful, powerful. That sounds amazing. It, it, you did inspire me to check it out and I love Spain. I love Spain. So 
um, I'm like, I, I would really like to do that. I would, I just, that accomplishment too, that just that accomplishment of doing that. Um, yeah, I just, you've inspired me. We'll see what the world has in store for us, but. <laughs> Next year, yeah. But here's the thing. They, they say it's called the way, right? They call it the mm -hmm. way. One of the lessons is, is you do it your way. The same is with life, that pilgrimage, that journey to self. We all have to take that journey. And we're not in competition with other people. If you can't, there are people that can't do it all in one go. So they arrange to go for two weeks at a time and they do a piece of it. Then the next year they go back and they continue on. That's okay. That's all right. You do it your way and you learn your lessons your way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so true. Which is so true. What works for someone may not work for you. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would that be? Okay. I would want, I'm gonna, I wanna use the word women, but I would want more than women. I would want every person to have self-love, self-worth. Because when we value ourselves, we teach people how, how to treat us, where you have more confidence. We have the ability to dream and then take action to make those dreams come true. And I think that if people had more self-love and respect for themselves, our world would be a different place. Yeah. We would so know true. we have more in common than what separates us. And people don't want to recognize that. They only look for differences a lot of times. And so I believe that if, if I could do something, I had that magic wand. I'd want everyone to have that self-love and confidence to know that we all have a place and we all belong and that everything's okay. I love that. Yeah, it, and so true. We do have so much more in common than we have differences, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and like we said earlier, you know, one way is not the right way. You know, my way is not the right way. His way is not. It, it's the way. Mm -hmm. Find your way. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So then what inspirational advice would you give to someone who's struggling? To get quiet. A lot of times when we're struggling, um, that's too much chatter, okay? Too much, whether it's verbally or in our minds, and we're not quiet enough to listen to the God whispers, to let the spirit, to let the universe speak to us. It's in our, when I, I would say my meditation and prayer, I say my prayer, but then I have to stop because it's in that meditation that God speaks to me. And I need to be open to listening to that. So when we're struggling, if we can get quiet, and we can get centered ourselves, and we can really get in, in tune to who and what we want to be. We allow those, those answers to come, that intuition. And so, yeah, so I, I think that's what I would say. I would, I would say just get in touch and center and quiet yourself. And if you're having troubles, uh, again, right, I'm a writer, I like, journal prompts and things. And so I would just encourage you to get quiet 
and ask your future self. Your future self has already learned all the lessons, right? They went through and they've learned. Ask that future self for direction and guidance. And then get quiet and listen. Don't keep talking about your struggles. Don't concentrate on the negative. Concentrate on what you do have. You have the power of strength. You have the power of wisdom and understanding. You have the power of imagination. You have the power of creativity. You have the power to release. Connect to those powers. Just because there's a gap right now because you're facing a struggle doesn't mean it's not there. Reconnect. Oh, so I just, you just have such a gentle way about you. Like, I think we say many of the same things, but you're just so much more gentle. And like, I just, I, I could just listen to you forever. Because oh. <laughs> I, so I started my morning meditation and journaling class at the beginning of COVID for that very reason, right? Because we just needed to have a calm, centering place to start our day, you know, with everything being so unknown at the time, well, still unknown, but you know, yeah. And it has um, the women who take part in it just are so grateful to be able to to do that and spend that time, you know, with their meditation and their journaling, and then and then we have a discussion afterwards. And and it 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 is it's that listening in, right? We talk a lot about that and and paying attention and being mindful and yeah. Yep. And so what you're doing is you're setting the tone for your day. Mm -hmm. And that is what you're doing. So you're being purposeful. And, and you've used the word intention. I, I talk about living an intentional life is what I teach women to do is mm -hmm. live an intentional life. And so that's what you're doing with these, the, the, your, your morning pages, with your morning journal prompt, with your meditation, is you're setting the tone for your day. And you are taking control of your day. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important. So important. So yeah. 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 That's good work. That's, that's powerful. <laughs> well, and that's what the, the ladies who, who join me every morning say, right? They just love starting their day that way. And they come back mm -hmm. month after month because of it, because they yeah. get to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. And so then do you have an inspirational quote maybe that sums up your life journey? <laughs> Yes, uh, several. Um, so that, that's a hard one, really, because I, I have several. I really do. Um, you got to remember, as a writer, as a teacher, um, I, I was, you know, an artist. I taught art for many years. There's, so there's a lot of stuff there. Um, but I love the theater as well. And I, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a playwright. And I had an English teacher tell me, no, I couldn't, that I was a girl, so I had to get married and have children. <laughs> So, 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 um, so I have some favorite playwrights, but um, one of my favorite plays is Pygmalion. It's mm. the, uh, you know, by um, George Bernard Shaw. And they made it, my, I was it, they, they, oh, they made it into a musical. I can't think of the name. My Fair Lady? I don't remember. But, it, and it, it, can you think of it? They made it into a musical. George Bernard Shaw said over his dead body, but as soon as he died, they made it into a number yes. one musical. Yes. And is it My Fair Lady? I feel like it is, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think it's My Fair Lady. You yeah. know, she changes, right? And, yeah. And, and 
uh, yeah. Professor Higgins takes her in. So that's the Pygmalion story. Mm -hmm. But George Bernard Shaw said something that really intrigued me. And he said that he didn't believe in circumstances. And I said that earlier, right? I don't mm -hmm. know that. I can't, don't blame your circumstances for who you are or what you are. Because you still have the power to change that. And, but he said that when you go out, and I'm, of course I'm paraphrasing, but when you go out there and you go, it's your job to find the circumstances you want. And if you can't find them, create them. So be the master of your own life. Be that master artist and create the life you want. Mm -hmm. Each day you wake up, you have that blank canvas. If you don't like what was painted yesterday, change it today. Use a different brush. Use a different color. Yeah. Put some, make a collage. You know, use, use fabrics. Use what found objects. But you have that power. You are the creator of your life. If you don't like the circumstances you're in, change them. Find those circumstances you want. Can't find them? Create them. Yeah. So that's kind of something that I've always thought about. Um, on my journey is that here's what I want and actually finding what you want sometimes it's even it's difficult so I was able to identify what I didn't want and when I understood what I didn't want anymore all of a sudden I was opening myself up to new paths mm -hmm. new circumstances yeah so so yeah so that would probably be a powerful one and, and it's so true what you were saying about, because often uh, the women that I work with get stuck, right? And not, they don't know what they want. And, and knowing what you don't want is definitely the first step in that. Right? Yeah. Because you start to weed out a lot and then you can start to have some clarity to, yeah. to what you actually do want. Yeah. Right. And that clarity will provide you with direction. And when you can zero in on what brings you joy, what brings your life meaning and you have that purpose like your purpose we're, we're going to change the world by reaching out and having an impact on women mm -hmm. i mean that's our mission because we know the possibilities that are out there and, and what will change in their lives in our lives just watching it happen it's just incredible mm -hmm. and so yeah i think that um we have this power and i'd hate to see it be you know swindled away and, and or hoarded that's another thing people think that a hoarded but no once you zero in on your purpose you zero in on your values and you say no that's not that's not what i want you can now negotiate for what you do want yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i want to just thank you so much for this lisa and is there anything else you want to add that we maybe didn't discuss today that you'd like to share or I think just kind of going off what we said, because we, we both do the similar things that and we want the end results to be the same. We want individuals to know their own powers and, and that healing and that they can create. And I'll leave, I guess I'd leave you with the three, three letters, Y-E-T. Even if you're struggling, even if you feel like you're in a rut, don't think it's the end, it's not a dead end. It's just a crossroad. You just need the power of yet. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I don't have a decision yet. I don't know how to do that 
yet. And then do something about that. Take the next step. And once you start taking one step after another, you're going to build momentum. Once you build that momentum, you're going to find that I'm sitting here. I told you I'm sitting here and I'm watching the river. And I, I use the analogy that I am the river. I, I'm going to keep flowing. And all of those rocks, I'm going to go over them, around them. And you, know, you can wear them down. But I'm going to keep flowing. I'm not going to stop. What's that? Is it a Tibetan saying? You can never put step in the same river twice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the power of that. Keep just do it. Yeah. Well, so wonderful. Great final words. Great final (laughs) words. So (laughs) thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I just love it. And I I just think that we've we've collaborated on a number of projects, including that international best-selling book. Yes. And wait for more collaborations and more things to happen that are going to, again, ripple out the love. Yes. I love that. I I look forward to more collaborations with you. I really do. And to our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Do you know about the courses and programs that we offer at Creative View? Meditation and journaling in our Morning Calm program. Step into Your Authentic Self is a program to help you heal from past traumas and start believing in yourself so you can be your healthiest, happiest you. We even have a Healing with Creativity monthly membership where you get healing projects twice a month, plus so much more. Keep watch as we're always adding more classes and programs. Plus, we offer free challenges, access to summits and retreats, as we love sharing. Click below to see what we have happening now. 